And I think I understand. Look, don't get me wrong. I think the guy should be paid, but he cannot argue and sit there and keep on going. Oh, the UFC are treating me bad. This, that, and the other. You drove into a pregnant woman in a car, high, and you drove away. Sorry, you're a dickhead. <laughs> oh, sorry, I can't say. I love John Jones. I, I wasn't him expecting this at all. No, 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 no. I love him as a fighter, right? I love him as a fighter because he's he's the bollock. But. Welcome to the Paul S Podcast. And we are recording episode number 12 of the Paul S Podcast. Joining me today, we have got Ricky Biscetta and we've got Martin Johnson. What's happening, boys? What's happening? <laughs> Apologies to anyone, if anyone's listening, right? My voice, I, I know I sound really, really tired. And all that. I've just had a massive, massive curry and it's not like... Never mentioned that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel really bloated, man. I, uh, like my missus, we've got this slow cooker, this new slow cooker, and mate, mm. we've just had a chicken korma, which I know is not really a curry. Let's be honest, right? But um, it was absolutely banging, man. Like it's been, it's been cooking in there since like nine o'clock this morning. Nice. And nice. mate, the chicken was just, it just fell off the, like it, 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 mm. it just melted in your mouth. You know that sort of way. Either yeah. of you, either of you, good cooks or you, yeah, any, any good in the kitchen. Now. I cook a lot, man, all the time. I've got Italian roots, man, so I've always been in the kitchen. Ah, uh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I used to cook for a living, like, many oh. years ago. I suppose I say many years ago. It wasn't it. I stopped about, when did I stop? About four years ago, three, four years ago, nearly. But, yeah, I, to be honest, my missus is a better cook than I am. She can probably hear me right now, but she's... <laughs> Trying to convince her to go on to MasterChef, but she ain't having none of it yet. Yeah. Oh, she's that good? Oh, yeah, she's she's the bollocks, I have to say. Like, when it comes... I can cook. I can stick to a recipe. I will cook it, and it'll be fine. But she comes up with some stuff that it's like... Even I've just sat there and I've gone, like, how could you come up with that? It's like, she's good. She's very <laughs> yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah, I bet with that Italian family, is it, it's all... it's Food is, like, massive to you lot, isn't it? Yeah, man, we always uh, cook a whole bunch of... Like, whole loads of stuff. Well, not only just Italian foods and that, man. We cook like loads of different things, and I cook mostly uh, like different uh, Chinese foods and like uh, Asian foods and that. Personally, nice. Italian food for me is too heavy. You can't train on that shit. So, like, do you so want? Do, do, do you know what? We're, like we're trying to cut out pasta and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, that's massive in like Italian I, I, food. I eat it? pasta. I eat pasta every single day, and I think I have done for my whole life. It's, really? I, don't, I don't know how it's just like there's always a point in the day I could just fit in and just have some it's, it's just become a, such a normal thing for me such a stereotype man it's weird you're the typical Italian then yeah <laughs> no man I'm, I've always said I'm more uh, British than Italian but, oh really yeah my like personality wise and that but yeah wicked wise right so we're going to get into some uh, MMA talk but just quickly I wanted to talk about uh, the boxing this weekend so we've just seen uh, Dillian White, who, he looked great. I mean, I was a bit worried for him, to be honest. The way he come out and the the, 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 the way they were both swinging, I thought, you're going to get caught again. Because he, I think he, he, he kind of alluded to that the first time around and he, he got knocked out in particular fashion. Um, but he got the job done. To be honest, I think in the first fight, I, I just sit there and look at the first fight and I think he just made a mistake just made a mistake. It wasn't really that he was swinging big because he had Povetkin hurt a few times. In, right. I think he yeah. dropped. dropped he did, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. And then obviously he got caught with that sweep 
like lovely <laughs> uppercut that it was. It was just pretty. But yeah, I've 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 watched the fight a few times since then. As I said, I love I love a bit of boxing, and I just thought mm. I sat there for a while. I'm gonna get it up, watch it. I think it's on YouTube now anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. To see it, so people can just go out and watch it. But yeah, he did. He just did a number in him in the end. You could see with um, Povetkin, he looks. He looks. He looks. He looks his age. I think he's like. Wait a minute, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you right now. He's nearly 40, he's, isn't he? I think he's older than 40. Oh, is he? Yeah, I'm sure he is. Here we go, I'll tell you exactly now. I think I would go with, he's a rough. Oh, he's 41. Okay, oh, so wow. Wow. he's still, he's, I know 41 for a heavyweight, I know they've felt they've fought a lot, but he's he's had like, he's had a fair few fights. He's had third, so, uh, total fights, 39 fights. The only two people that he's lost to is Anthony Joshua and what his professional career, should I say? I think it's Anthony Joshua and now um, uh, Dylan White, which isn't crazy. That's really good. Yeah, it's not bad, is it? Considering. (laughs) So he's lost three times now. So I'm going to go say three times. So he's lost to Dylan White. Anthony Joshua, Vladimir Klitschko. That's not mm. a bad that's, three names, yeah. that's, to be fair. I'm on the top so, three names. You can't be ashamed of any of those. No, of course. But Where yeah, does Dillian White go now then? Because he's, he's kind of overlooked. Not overlooked, but kind of he feels disrespected all the time. And, well, and the, the geese. The geezer's had so many days without a title shot. I think I think it's something like he's had. The, he's technically the longest reigning interim champion. That well, up until he lost the belt against the Vector. But he um, for that WBC belt, he should have been fighting um, at uh, Wilder. And okay. I, funny enough, I've, I was just reading up some bits and pieces before we got on got on the podcast, and uh, and basically I. I think Eddie Hearn is looking to do Dylan White versus, um, I think there's either there's a couple of different names, but I think Wilder is the likely, um, the likelihood of potentially next fight, Dylan White's next fight, which to be honest, I think it's a good fight for Dylan White. I really do. Do you think stylistically it's a good fight for him? Very, very yeah. good fight for him. Yeah, because look, there's that ability, yeah, that, Wilder can come out and knock him out, but there's probably a little bit more chance, in my opinion, if you watch what Tyson Fury did to uh, Wilder, it's mm. sort of a little bit of a game plan to beat him now and have to put him on the back foot. Ortiz done it, but Ortiz got caught because he stood in, he stood in front of him. I think Dylan White will probably still stand in front of him, but he'll be a little bit more smarter because he can box smart. Can. Yeah, 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 he's not yeah. not a stupid boxer. He's like he's not. Yeah. He threw wild in that. People would say he threw wild, but I noticed it as as he was going. Uh, I think what he did last time, he let Povetkin come in a bit more and give him a little bit too much space to work. Where this yeah. time, as soon as he was looking to counter, he was basically looking to counter as soon because I think he landed a massive overhand right. I think it was in the second round. Really, I thought that was it. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. He landed that square on the on. Luckily enough, not on the chin, but on the nose, and you could see Povetkin's face just go. Yeah, he felt it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. I thought it was quite a good uh, good fight. I I did enjoy that. Uh, I that I still haven't watched it back yet because, like we just said off air, I was um 
I was pretty out of the game by the time that fight come around because, <laughs> like I said, like, um, we we started watching it from the start. So I, I remember, um, uh, what's his name, son, Ricky Hatton, son coming in. Um, and I can't remember that fight because me and my brother were chatting. Well, I haven't seen him for ages, so we're just chatting and having a few beers. And you, you're kind of watching the boxing, but you're not. You're, you're, you're talking at the same time. So I haven't had a chance to go back and watch it yet. I haven't had a chance to go back and watch the Dillian White fight. But I remember thinking at the time, I think I was a couple of times I was worried where the way he was swinging, I thought, oh, please, you know, just, just rein it in a little bit. Just, uh, you know, I didn't want the same thing to happen again. But mm. um, I've just, we were just talking off air, boys. Um, so, Martin, I remember back in January, was it? The first podcast we've done? Yeah. And we mentioned it would probably happen. Uh, Joshua Fury will probably happen in the... Uh, the Middle, Middle East. East. Yeah. Today, I think it was about 10 hours ago, we got on TalkSport, um, that Tyson Fury fight with Anthony Joshua is on for July uh, as Eddie Hearn slams rival's dad, John, over claims that the deal was not done. Uh, apparently, the two superstars have agreed and penned a £200 million fight, two-fight deal to unify the heavyweight division. Um, and the Gypsy King's dad uh, then cast out over the fight with AJ by insisting that an agreement means nothing without a date and venue, which probably <laughs> sounds about right, yes, right? That's a valid point, yeah. Um, but it looks like it's going to happen. If if it's not... I mean, it says here, look, the Middle East was expected to host a blockbuster bout, but Hearn admitted a full Wembley is an alternative if lockdown restrictions are lifted in time. Now, what are we now? We're April now. That's three months. What do we reckon? I, I don't personally see that going in three months. Do you see it? So if not, it'll go ahead in the Middle East, which is bang out of order because like we said, it's, yeah. you've, got the, you've got the two two of the best, uh, two of the biggest British heavyweights, you know, and everyone thought this fight would never happen because with boxing, we've got this weird thing that the two of the best never normally meet at, in their prime. Um, you've got two of the best meeting in their prime. You sh- it should be in England, right? It should be at Wembley. Yeah, I think it. Ne- I think it needs to be in Wembley Stadium. Yeah. Um, has to be. But there's oh. no, I don't think there's any other way around it. Personally, if it goes to a different country, yeah, we'll still get the fight. But it's just, it seems like it's not going to be what that whole event should be. Especially yeah. if it is the first event, first major event back, especially in boxing, in British boxing where you can have all fans, that would be huge. It would be bigger than it could have been, I believe. Mm. I, I, I'm of I'm the thought with it, it's, it's money. It's always down to money. And obviously, whether it be held in Abu Dhabi, Saudi Arabia, it could be held, there's so many different places they could, they could hold that in the Middle East and, and do very, very, very well because... If, if travel, again, we spoke about this slightly off the podcast, but I personally don't believe travel restrictions will be lifted over the summer. That's just from what you're seeing at the minute because of yeah. other countries. Not as much over here, because yeah. at the minute we seem to touch wood. And I literally, bro, I've got so much wood in my house, I'm just touching everything. <laughs> everything <laughs> seems to be in some form of getting back to normality. Well, I say normality, but getting back to some form of ability to go and think like, go and get a haircut, which I am in desperate need of and a beard trim right now. <laughs> I just, I, as I said, like it's, I don't see it happening abroad purely for the fact of 
you want that you want obviously you want loads of people from different countries to come in and enjoy enjoy the event enjoy the event and, and stuff like that but where can you do that in countries at the minute like if for example in some of the middle eastern countries they're still on the red list for the uk yeah when then people have to fly back from watching the fire they have to pay 17 17 i think it's 1700 quid i think it for is. a hotel for a hotel for yeah. 10 days like i'm not being yeah. funny i'm a massive fight fan and i would I would love to go and watch that fire. I would sit in the, well, to be fair, it's probably all I could afford, is go and sit in the gods. In the gods, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the gods at Wembley. I'd only be there to experience the atmosphere. It wouldn't be as much a watch the fire because you wouldn't see buckle from, yeah. from that yeah. distance. But I think you, you take that away from the British fans, it would just, I think it would just take everything out of it for me. Like, I'm, don't get it wrong, I still watch it. I'm not saying I'm not going to watch it, but. I would be very, very disappointed unless the way they get because I've I think I've said it I really don't see Joshua winning that fight. I'm I'm gonna put put that down already. I, I agree. He's just too too good of a boxer. Let alone the fact that he's as big as he is, he's as strong as he is. And look, Joshua's always had a what we would call a suspect chin, but it's heavyweight. The heavyweight hits the heavyweight. We see it from the UFC at the weekend. Anybody can go down at any point. So yeah. it's one of them where Tyson Fury's shown that he can, if he throws power and he throws to, to hurt you, he can sit there and he can box you from the outside. Yeah. I think, I, I, I've already said it, I think he stops Joshua losing six, in my opinion. And then I don't think there'll be a second fight. They've signed, they say they've signed contracts and all of that. I don't think there's going to be a second fight. The only reason why, because I think Tyson Fury will get all of the belts like he did before, yeah. and he'll go, thank you very much. I've proved I can do it again. And get back on the booze. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, to be honest, I think I think he'll still have something to do with boxing, but the guy, the guy has gone through a lot to get back yeah. to where he is now. If you think about it, like you guys, will see, we've all seen it, and people who listen to the podcast have seen Tyson Fury's story as such, yeah. and what has yeah. happened to that guy, because the guy's the same age as me. I'm like, I think I'm, what is it? He's 32. I'm going to be 33 technically this month. I think he's about the same age. And you look what that guy's done in 33 years of him being on the planet as such and boxing. He's boxing since he was a kid. He's come all the way up. It's a lot of pressure to put on somebody of that age. And I think people don't seem to understand that in fighting that if it doesn't really matter how old or how young you are, there's still pressure, especially yeah. if you've had it from that young age and all you've known is fighting for your whole existence. Like mm. I've known fighting for now for the last, or such competing and stuff like that for like the last 12 years. And I found that stressful enough, let alone doing that from when you're the age of a four or five-year-old all the way up to you're now 33. Like, We've obviously spoken about fighting and stuff like that. Ricky, you can attest to, to this. It's, it is enjoyable, yes. That's the white and one of the main reasons why we all do it because it is enjoyable. Competing yeah. might be not as enjoyable, but the actual thing of the fight is enjoyable in some sick way that we all sit there and love. But yeah. it's stressful. It's it's a stressful thing to go through. And imagine, I don't. Again, I'm not too sure. I'll pull it up. But Tyson Fury must have had now probably what. 30-odd fights, he's got to have easily. Mm. 
Well, the reason I was asking was because I'm, he, he was on Joe Rogan's podcast and he said that if and when he, he gets all the belts, he will uh, dive straight back into depression again. He, he, it's like he has something to fight for. Once he, yeah. once he achieves it, he will go straight downhill. And he's That's kind of admitted that, which, which would be terrible, mate. If that happens again, then fuck me, that would be a, a crime. But I think I think when you say that, I think what he's got, what he's probably looking at now is that he's helped so many people. Like, there's a lot of people that I know. Like, I personally, I didn't, I didn't really mind him. I didn't dislike him. I didn't like him. It was just sort of like, oh, it's Tyson Fury. But a lot of people didn't like him. As soon yeah. as he seen that he was sort of human, not yeah. human, he was human. But when people see fighters, they don't see him as human beings. They just see him as, oh, that's a fighter. That's fighter. That's Andy Joshua, the fighter. That's that's um, at, uh, Tyson Fury that's Conor McGregor they're all people they all have yeah. stress they all have exactly what we all go through it's just they do shit on a bigger scale than we ever have done yeah but everybody goes in there to fight everybody goes there whether it's to uh, go into a jiu-jitsu competition and competing there's guys there that are world champions who are black belts and everything we're all the same we're all exactly the same we're just people they're just some people got there quicker than others and some people are better than others yeah we all had the same shit going on in our head, so yeah. it's a nice way of putting it, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, thirty-one fights, thirty-one fights, and he's thirty, thirty-two. So yeah, he's actually, I'm technically I'm older than him. He's the twelfth, twelfth of August birthday, nineteen eighty-eight. So mm. you think for a thirty-two-year-old man to now have won every single belt, have gone as you said, gone through that depression, lost everything, oh, so much weight, yeah, yeah. Yeah, crazy weight. So much yeah. weight. Put that weight on, got the weight off, had that ridiculous fight against uh, Deontay Wilder where everybody thought he was completely knocked out, but then come back and do what he's done. He's inspired a lot of people. He has inspired a lot of people in regards to what what you can do with, um, what's the word? Oh, sorry, it's got out of my head now. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm just looking at, I'm bringing up because you mentioned uh, about traveling. Um, the problem we've got is, so we on the 12th, I think there's another, another slight restrict, lift on the restrictions in the UK, right? So we've got, we've got, <laughs> we've got the, hos- the hospitality sector opening up. Uh, I think it's outside uh, barbers, and, <laughs> barbers and stuff. Um, but the problem is, I've just seen that. France from Wednesday are going into mm-hmm. another national lockdown for three weeks. Yeah. And I remember the first time around, we was about two or three weeks behind them. So what I am worried about, Martin, like you said, is I am a bit worried that uh, do we go back into another lockdown? It's back to sort of square one. I just, I really I don't hope that's the case, mate. I'm just, I'm done with this now. I think from what we've all seen, look, we spoke about this on the podcast. We've had different conversations in regards to vaccines and stuff like that. The vaccine rollout in this country at the minute, apart, the only people that are probably vaccinated more people is the Americans because there's far more of them, far more of <laughs> yeah. them than wow. there is us. Yeah. But I think today, I think the numbers are now over 31 million people. Yeah. The problem has been, and I'm not going to go into the political side of things because people would not agree with me on this, but Europe have shown how stupid they actually are because they didn't do it in time. They didn't. And I know people will go, oh, 
well, they're, they're, there's more countries they've got to argue, they've got to, they've got to make sure it's safe, this, that, and the other. They obviously, had the thing with the blood clots the other week and stuff like that. I think it was something like forty people out of saying like seventeen million people that yeah. have been vaccinated had these things with blood clots. That could happen yeah. anyway. That I think the numbers that worked out was the average of what what people get blood clots per year anyway. So, yeah. and as I said, like the, Europe have been very very slow to to do to this adjust. Because, yeah, yeah, because of the bureaucracy of it all. In my opinion, like the the, the like the, the having to go through paperwork and all of this, where we've just gone. Well, it's made in house, isn't it? It's made it's made in house. It's distributed in house, so it's. Yeah, which, which is, at the end of the day, I've said to people, for us to get back to some form of normality, funny enough, since the last podcast, the wife's now, the wife Rose, she's now vaccinated. She went and queued up for five hours at somewhere to go and get it, because they had that, that, that day they had they had a spare dosage, so she found out about the place that you could just walk in. Oh, I'm hearing about this, yeah. So, so whatever's left in the vial, they're giving out to other people if you queue up, is they're that right? It, yeah. So, okay. yeah, she queued up for like five hours the other week with her brother. So she's had her first vaccine. Did they like, both get it? They both got theirs, yeah. Um, I think everybody basically on my side, other than myself, had the vaccine now. Mm. And you've had it twice. I've had it twice, yeah. So, <laughs> oh, man. This thing is for not for a third one. But, yeah, as I said, like, I think, as you said, with the whole restrictions and stuff like that, I just... I don't see us going back. But what I could see in regards to the travel side of things is that travel is going to be pretty much few and far between. Yeah. Because what, do we really want to go into another na- national lockdown? I don't. <laughs> I really don't. I would. I look. I'm not sitting there going, "Oh, look, I'm, I want to go out. I want to get pissed up at the pub and all of that." Like some people do. I want to go back to training. Yeah. I want to go out. So actually, I think I'll go and do all the stuff I actually want to do. I want to go to the cafe. One day, and just yeah. go and have a fry up. I want to go out with me, me and my wife. I want to go out for a nice meal with her because we've yeah. been out in ages. Yeah. I want to yeah. go back to training. Those are the three main things that I actually want to do, and obviously see friends and bits yeah. of and meet up and do a podcast. And, and mate, stuff that's like that. the. Do you know what? When I started this podcast, that was the idea. That was the you know meet up somewhere, may have a drink or two, and just it because it's so much more. What I found with doing this podcast is. I found a lot about not jumping in because like, say like the, the, there's a time delay. If you're talking to someone in real life, um, if they pause for breath, you can normally jump in and say, well, what about this? But when you yeah. pause for breath and then start talking again, and then I'm only getting that pause and then I jump, you get a lot of cross, uh, you know, thing over. but it, it's just nice to feed off the energy as well of people as well. Do you know what I mean? In, yeah. in real life. Um, but yeah, um, for me, I think I'm going to, coffee shops I'm, i love coffee i love sitting in coffee shops man I, and i love my coffee i really do rick you're probably the same you must you're italian man come on you've got the best coffee in the world <laughs> uh, no i don't i don't drink much coffee man i do every now and then but i try not to i don't mind it i do like drinking it but i try and not have too much bad oh, stuff man. I'm the complete opposite. I, I, I'm the complete opposite. I'm like, the more bad shit, the better. <laughs> <laughs> well, in regards to coffee, definitely. Like, I'm, I'm, it's one thing I def- just, I can't, I can't drink shit coffee. I hate it. I can't drink instant coffee. Just, mm. it just, it, for me, it doesn't, just doesn't sit well with me. I just, I just. Yeah, you got to uh, have a proper one. 
Yeah, man, I've got I've got an espresso machine and it's just it's oh yeah, gotta be, it's got to be done, man. Yeah, I, I don't even like the pods. I like I, I I'll sort of they you know they're all right, but no, nah, for me, man, it's got to be an espresso machine, man. <laughs> right, moving on, boys. The big one this weekend, <laughs> UFC 260. We've got Francis Ngannou is the heavyweight champion of the world. Amazing. Yeah, it was a good card. Really, yeah. really, really good card. What should we start off with first? Should we start off with the main event or, or start or work our way up from the main card? What, 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 what I'll go through, go through the main card because I think, yeah. don't, don't get me wrong, there was some, uh, oh, sorry, I'm just pulling up the card again so I can yeah. remember most of it, but there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of good ones on the, uh, actually, I'll tell you what I do want to bring up. Um, yeah. I think it was, oh, yeah, I've got it here, Alonso, Menefield versus Fabio. Oh, that was, yeah, that was submission. Yeah, it was a quick one, wasn't it? Yeah, by yeah. Von Flew. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. That was quick. Yeah. I was like, and i tell you what, we obviously we talked about the commentary team and stuff like that. And the fact that the commentary team, as soon as that happened, they dropped down to the floor. As soon as that went and he had the arm around it, I can't remember if it was DC or Rogan, one of them pointed out about the Von Blue. And as, yeah. it was like, like clockwork. It just yeah. seemed like really weird. It was like, oh, it, it's, like he, it's like he heard him say it. Yeah. It, was, it was weird the way it worked. Yeah. But it for weird. me, that... That I was, was a, thinking, like, is he not going to get the arm out of the guillotine? Like, surely he knows he's being choked right now. But then it, it comes on very bit... quick, though, man. It's very, very quick. I've had it done to me before. But it's it, fucking it, it was a bit, <laughs> it was a bit different as well because he had the arm completely trapped under there, so he couldn't even get there. He couldn't break his grip <laughs> until he got off his neck. So it was, it was it's, great. Where the arm was up, where we had obviously had it all pressed up here as well, the actual, yeah. the, the main point of stopping him getting in the hand around the head was the cage was in the way. That yeah. was the thing. Where we took him down against the cage and he'd done the, like the double leg, and sweat, basically what we like we called like basically take the legs all the way to the side, which he did. Yeah. He, he just pulled them legs up. It's one of my favourite ways to take, uh, to do a double leg against the cage. As you pick them up, you basically bring, depending on what side your head, is you bring him yeah all the way to your left or your right depending on what side your head's on and you basically take them legs out and they, people can't do anything that's where you can obviously get back to yeah. uh, have some complete side control so yeah that was just a that was very very interesting uh very interesting uh sort of uh, I, I believe that guy was a previous champion of another uh, organization as well I think the LFA I think it was yeah but, that's why I, I thought well, I didn't want to say it but I wasn't sure. Yeah, I think what it is as well, I think, though, the guy, um, uh, he's, the problem was, is he took it on, like, less than a couple yeah. of weeks' notice, so... Yeah, that four days, yeah, 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 it wasn't, it wasn't It wasn't long that he took that fight, so, um, yeah, it, it is what it is. He, that was his first fight in the UFC, he'll get another crack, it was just, mm. it is what it is, but, um, but yeah, but, yeah, as I said, it was a, it was a very, very good, um, very good uh, feed. but yeah the, saying that we'll go what's the next one well Jamie Malarkey well, uh, oh. before that before that you had uh, Khabib's uh, cousin brother oh his brother uh, no his cousin sorry his cousin yeah, cousin. yeah. yeah. oh yeah, yeah I forgot about that one sorry I yeah. forgot about that one there's some mauling man <laughs> yeah, although, although Jared started off well he started um, he was hitting him with jabs and he redded this side of his face, but then it was literally like he was like, Okay, cool, all he's gonna do is pretty much jab me. And he just found out the game plan and just 
went to work just like yeah. his older cousin does. I um I don't know if any of you have seen it actually. It was something I watched um I think it was this week I watched it or last weekend. I can't remember when I watched it, but a very, very uh int- it's called uh, Anatomy of a Fighter. It's by done by a guy called Will yeah. Harris. Yeah, he's really good. If you see if you if you haven't watched this or anybody hasn't watched this, go and watch the Dagestan Chronicles, it's called. It's mm. basically they follow Khabib around. It's like ten episodes or whatever it is. Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Obviously, I I watch a lot of stuff. I don't get time to sit down and scour YouTube and look at all the different fight videos. I've known about Will Harris for years because I've watched his other stuff. But I thought, let me actually sit down and watch this. The Dalek, the what they call like the Dagestan Chronicles. And obviously, people don't realize how famous Khabib is. Oh, it's huge, huge. Hello, yeah, Russia. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. he's famous around the world, but in Dagestan, like he's ridiculously yeah. famous to the point he can't go into certain places and he obviously drives around. People obviously know who he is. So yeah, yeah I, I just I watched that last weekend and that was the 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 way that those guys train diet and what they do is fascinating. As I said, I don't want to yeah. spoil it for people, but go and watch it because it will surprise you with some of the stuff that they're actually training. Yeah. You wonder why they've got such good cardio. There's a certain thing, a game they play, like a team sport they'll play. I won't, again, I won't ruin it, but go and watch it because it makes me then think, I wonder if they've all got such good cardio. Yeah. Yeah. They, don't, they don't train. Like Their idea of fun is a training session for somebody else. Like oh, a full... Like, me and Ricky would get on there and we'd try and do it and probably get tired and then they'd go and wrap yeah. after that. It, it's just, yeah, for me, my, different different people, different people, different, obviously, growing, but obviously seeing um, old Khabib now and now he's officially retired, even though he retired last year. Yeah, yeah. Officially Dana just couldn't, Dana just couldn't, he, he, he didn't want to let him go today. Yeah. But just take yeah. some time. I know you're retired, yeah. but just take yeah. some time to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> that clingy girlfriend. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, um, he looks good, man. You know, like, I see uh, on the, uh, uh, build up to 260, he was, he was in, and you know, he had a couple of media, media things to do. He looks, he looks relaxed. I thought he'd be a bit, you know, some fighters they've got this edge. He has absolutely no qualms about leaving, yeah. none whatsoever. I think I think that as well because, as I said, like with everything, you got to think that guy lost his dad, who was basically yeah. they were best friends, and obviously his dad trained him. Yeah. I think he went through that fight with Justin Gaethje because he wanted to do it and just get it done. Ideally. He, he wanted to probably dad wanted him to get to 30 and oh his mum's obviously turned around and said i don't want you fighting without your dad anymore he's respected them wishes so he, he's got the support of his family it's not yeah. like his family are going no you should go for 30 and oh they've just basically said look you don't need and it's true who do who does he fight who does he fight who challenges the only, him? yeah yeah the only one the only the only two and it's actually the two people who are going to be fighting for the belt they're the only two people that I actually would consider not not a challenge, but something new for him. That was the it's only, only because he hasn't fought them. That's yeah, it. it's only because he hasn't fought them. He beat everybody else. Like he's literally beat everybody that there is to beat, and he's got better as he's beaten them. He's got a yeah. lot better. As he's oh yeah, them. he looked scary against Gaethje. He was taking 
when he was taking those shots and my brother was like man he's getting hit and I was like bro look at him he does not give a fuck yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, he, he could hit him with anything right now he yeah, ain't he won't he won't lose that fight he knew it was going to be his last fight I think he won't lose that yeah. No, and obviously now the uh, the the thing is as well with the whole him he's in everybody's corner at the minute. It seems like yeah, he's, he's like all... everywhere, <laughs> everywhere. Like, he's at every he's event. There. <laughs> there, he's there. He's like um, they've they've he's actually well he hasn't gone on record saying it, but he's going to be training Luke Rockhold now for the time yeah. being. And what he said is to Luke Rockhold, he wants to go out. He wants to go after Coach of the Year as mm. a um as a like um. A thing for the memory of his dad. That's maybe. beautiful. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. To me, I just sit again. I've just said it, and it makes because you goosebumps. The yeah, guy, yeah. the guy is such a nice person. That yeah. He just he all he's out there to do, and I think I don't know. I've watched a couple of interviews with him that he's done, and that he seems more approachable now because I think when you've seen him in interviews in the past, he's been weight cutting. He's been irritated by the people. Like he's done a thing with DC where uh, we. Because I mean, him and Daniel Cormier are like obviously very good friends. Of course, yeah. They've trained together for years. And I think you give them, they've got the EA, UFC. The five star thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. The five star thing. Nice. And you just see him like they're just back, like back and forward talking. Yeah. And he just seems, as you said, seems content. He's really seems good. Happy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm happy for him. I'm happy for him. As you yeah. said, he's not, not often that I will post too much on Instagram and stuff like that but when he retired and he said he retired I instantly put a post up because I'm just sat there and I thought the guy's done it like I was yeah. don't get me wrong yeah. oh, we was talking about in the podcast we all I wanted to see him fight George St. Pierre for 30 and 0 at 165 that was yeah. my wish I sat there for there was any fight that there was going to be it was going to be that fight we're not getting that fight he's still going to go down as Obviously, the argument with the, the GOAT status is it's always going to change. It's always yeah. going to change. If you would go the GOAT of the lightweight division, it's going to be by a million miles. You can't, you could never argue with that. If you go with mm -hmm. the greatest of all time in any division, cool. then... I, look, I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> for me... Are we going to talk me, about him in a minute? <laughs> that GOAT. Well, well, to be honest, people say that, but then I, my goat of all time, there's two. It's George St. Pierre and it's Anderson Silva. They're the two that I've... Yeah. I, in, their prime, in their prime when they were about, yeah. and even like I would say them two. Anderson Silva's one of my favourite fighters of all time. Yeah. I obviously yeah. know towards the tail end of his career, he's lost more fights than he's won. But again, it, look, it happens. But when they were in their prime, they, there was nobody touching them. But again, yeah. as each generation comes along, there's another goat. There's going to be another yeah. goat after John Jones. There's going to be another one after Khabib. Then there's going to be another one after that person. After that, I will be. We could have this conversation until the day we literally are on our deathbed. All of us, we could <laughs> yeah. sit there and have that conversation. Yeah. Who's the greatest? Who's the greatest? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, different eras as well, isn't it? You got different competition. But, so you don't see Khabib ever coming back? No. Yeah, me neither. I think he's he's never. very he's I think he's one of these people that is true to his word, especially with family and loyalty and all that sort of stuff. So I think he's made a promise to his mum, and I think he'll die with that promise. If I'm right, if if I, I can understand that, that. But what if sorry, what if um his mum changes her mind like in a few years after they've got a bit more closure on uh, his father's passing? I think he said he, he's been he's, he's come down and saying that um, his mum ages 
uh, he mentioned something about how her mum, his mum ages 30 years every time he fights and he can't do yeah, it to her anymore. It. I think that's what it is. He just, he can't, he can't put that, put that on her anymore. She's. My mum hates it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically. The guy, the guy's, the guy's fought 29 fights. Yeah. Basically lost maybe a handful of rounds. Maybe you could question a couple of rounds that he's lost over those years. Of him fighting, the guy is just uh, as you said. I, 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 at first when there was there was obviously talks about him fighting the winner of whatever fight it was before his dad passed before he even fought Gaethje, there was the thing of I could fight Conor McGregor again because that would just be a fight that's that would just be interesting to watch, and it would be. It, yeah, it would be one of them fights where you could sit there and go, oh, yeah, that's an interesting fight. Oh, we could watch that again. Now, I just sit there and look at it just like, that guy's just untouchable. But yeah. he really is. As I said, the only fight for me that could have been some form of an interesting fight for him would have been George St. Pierre. I think he's, I think he's too small to fight at well to well away, but I'd happily seen him fight well away against George St. Pierre. Just purely yeah. pure to see one who would end up on the bottom. <laughs> And two is if it was staying standing, how would GS how would he do against GSP? Because GSP's got the jab of it, like and the thing is the guy is still trained. The guy is still yeah. training. I see a video today of him in training with Freddie Roach. I was like, mm-hmm. God, he's, I know he obviously still trains, but he's still staying on track. I think he secretly wants the Khabib fight, but I just think that's out of the stretch yeah. now. I think the UFC won't do it. They've got them both under contract. They're not going to do it because they then well, unless they decide to do it as a super fight, that could be the only thing yeah. maybe that could bring Khabib out. Yeah. Obviously, it won't be for a belt. I don't think it'll be for a belt because like an exhibition. Yeah, I don't even think it'd be an exhibition. If they were going to do it, it would be a fight. You can't okay. do it in an exhibition in MMA. But also, I'd say it would be an interesting one if they did a grappling match. I think a grappling match would be interesting. Yeah, yeah, I think Khabib. I think Khabib wins it. I don't know, like. I just. I think with with Khabib, we said it before on the podcast, Martin. It's just when you're born into that, it's like he's born to do this, and he's done it from such a young age. Now, don't get me wrong. GSP is like I said one of the goats for me as well. But if I'm right and saying, I think he was a black belt in karate before he done anything, and then he, then he got into uh, kickboxing. I think it was then Muay Thai. Then and he got into he's been grappling uh, Khabib's been grappling all his life like <laughs> grappling bears and stuff as well so like I, I think grappling wise I think he's untouchable man but it's just that it's just that how does he do on the you know standing and stuff that's 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 what that's what would uh, that's what that's what would make it so interesting I think you know what's yeah. funny yeah the other day someone said sent me this thing it was like about how the bears that he used to wrestle with like they didn't have teeth and they didn't have claws I was like you still want to wrestle a bear without teeth and claws <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like that's like that's some form of argument yeah. <laughs> that's, just, yeah. that's just so he hasn't got to go home and explain to his wife what happened to their son today this <laughs> is the problem this is what I always say to people that's the problem with dumb people having the internet and having yeah. be able to comment on stuff like because yeah. you just sit there and you just think like is that I would never <laughs> it's not even right, I'd never I haven't got children but I would never in my right mind think you know what my child goes to a bear that's something or that's something I would want to do I'll tell you what take the, yeah. I'll tell you what I'll, tell you, I'll wrestle that bear if you take <laughs> the teeth and the claws out I 
do that. <laughs> I think I'll still be able to win. No. There was there was a wicked meme as soon as as soon as Khabib retired, there was a wicked meme flying around. I'll just quickly uh, I'll just quickly read it out to you now, right? That is the uh, that's the picture, right? Picture of the bear, right? Picture of the bear in Joe Rogan's uh, thing with the headphones on. It says Khabib was tough, but he canelloed me like Mayweather. I was two years old when I was two years old when we last fought. No wonder he's retiring. He knows it's my time. (laughs) Absolutely smashed it. Uh, another thing is what uh, GSP looks really weird with hair, doesn't he? He looks like a weirdo. It's very odd. Yeah, it looks, it looks, <laughs> it looks, it doesn't look right. Like, you know, you just said, like, growing up as a kid, like, or growing up watching MMA and stuff like that in my, in my sort of teen, well, late teens and such, um, it was like, I was like, it didn't have hair, there's no hair whatsoever. Now he's got hair, but mm. it's strange yeah. looking, man. He looks really yeah. weird. You know why he's done all that? He's done that for acting because he wants yeah. to do more acting. Is that what he wants to do? Yeah. yeah, he wants to act more. He was in that new Marvel show, that Falcon and Winter Soldier again. Yeah. Has he got yeah, full-on speaking did. parts in it then, or like? Not. Uh, yeah. uh, no, no French he's French speaking. Yeah. I was going to say because a bit like Arnie, he's going to have that problem. He's going to be. He's going to be. His roles are going to be a bit sort of narrowed because of that 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 thick accent. He said he's taking a more uh, English speaking classes. Oh, really? Like more, more like to help acting. The thing is, he has got very good English. It's just yeah. he hasn't got good English. Well, I say good English like me. I'm probably people would look at me and go, well, you ain't got good English. What are you talking about? <laughs> are you intoxicated? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, um, where else have we got? But Jamie Malarkey, should we start with him? Oh, man. Mate. Beautiful knockout. Oh, you, you got, I just got to love those slow when they go slow motion when they're falling down. It's just, it's just a different add to a knockout. I, I hate speaking about knockouts like that because I, I, it can happen to anyone, and like, especially yeah. in fights, it's been fucking hit a lot hard. But when you see ones like that, it just gives you a different feeling. You're just like, oh my lord, <laughs> like yeah. he shut his lights out. That's yeah. the thing. Crazy. I didn't even sit down to watch, you know, I, I quickly pressed play on the TV, went out to make a coffee, come back in again, it was over. And I was like, oh, my days. I had to rewind it. <laughs> I had to rewind it to see what happened because they were just walking in as I was making the coffee. And I wasn't even gone that long, do you know what I mean? But yeah. I'm just looking there, 46 seconds. Bad, isn't it? And Karma Worthy ain't a guy you put away that quick either, man. He's a tough guy. Yeah, Great fighter. Yeah. I thought I thought we was going to have at least like two solid rounds of like nice back and forth but that's just what it is, man. <laughs> like, See, I'd seen that Jamie Malarkey fight a couple of times before. I think if I'm correct, I think he had a, he had a couple of decision losses or he had a decision lost or something like that. But he, he'd sort of, he looked like he was sort of going, he, he was he was in them fights. It wasn't like he was well out in them fights. And that's the one I picked because I knew everybody was on, um, uh, What's his name? Worthy. Worthy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, I'm terrible with uh, But um, yeah, so I thought that they'd, they'd be quite, obviously, I mean, I'm not like an old Brad who loves a bet on fights. Like, I stopped betting on fights years ago. Whenever I bet on a fight, it would just go completely wrong. Even though yeah, I knew yeah, everything yeah. in my head, yeah. everything in my head would say, right, I'd sit down and look at the fight card and I'd go, right, this, 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 this potentially could happen. Right, what do I think? And I'd make an educated sort of guess on it. But yeah, it was uh, I, I, that was the one of the ones I picked for the night of a, a bit of an upset. It was that Jamie Malarkey. As I said, I've seen him fight before. He's a good fighter, 
Very yeah. good fighter. Very good fight. But as you said, when he hit him with that shot, he just went stiff. And yeah. then he <laughs> That's it. Lovely. What did we make of Sean O'Malley? Sean, I mean, for me, I, I had him down to win. There's something very frustrating about him. I, I, I really like him. I think he's got a lot of talent. But please stop looking for this knockout reel, man. It, I think if it was just a bit more natural, it will come, man. And to be fair, the knockout was sick anyway. And you didn't. he didn't even try. But when you're trying, it just doesn't... It, it, there's something really frustrating about that for me. Go on, Rick. Go on. Um, Look, (laughs) here's the thing with uh, Sean. He's yeah, I do agree with you. He is trying to get that knockout, but the man knows his shit. Like he knows if I'm touching up this boy, he's gonna get knocked out. And I, I, one thing that I really loved about Sean's performance in this is um, he went back to his old kickboxing roots, and uh, to that point of um, I don't know, Mike, have you ever done point kick, point kickboxing that type of style? Doesn't have to necessarily be point fine, but those type of competitions. I've never done one of them competitions. I've watched. Yeah, it. so so you probably you probably noticed his uh, turn back head quite often in that fight. That, that uh, we used to do that for two reasons: one to fake a spin, or two to like where our coaches are always behind us. We pretend to look back at them and then strike quickly. So like for him to do that, and I, I was so surprised at how many times he was doing it, and every single time it bloody worked. <laughs> it kept landing every time. The thing is, when he first come on to the scene as such on the Dana White Contender Series, he started doing it then. He'd done it yeah. ages ago. He'd done it so long ago. The thing is, I understand what you're saying. He's frustrated. Like, I was more frustrated that he didn't follow up. Yes, he's looking for mm. that walk-off. That walk-off. Yeah, oh, okay. Look, I, I'm, I was more frustrated than that. I don't care about him looking for the knockout because, for me, that's exciting. That's an Sorry. exciting... Uh, oh, is that is that what you meant? That's what I meant. Sorry, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I was I, 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 I was confused I, 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 about it. I think I think I fucked up what I said there. What I meant was he's looking for that knockout reel. So he oh, okay. he, he he knocked him to the floor and then he's walking off. Yeah. Whereas he should have fucking jumped on him and, and, and finished off. Sorry, that's what I meant when I said that. Sorry. And, and then, yeah. to be honest, you could sort of see why he didn't do he doesn't do that because mm. the second knockdown that that was and then he hit him with that shot afterwards. And I remember, I, was sit, I, I don't know where I was sitting. I was watching it. I think I might have been watching it upstairs in the bedroom. But I just went, I did that. Oh, no, I, might, I, don't know, I, was, sitting, I was watching it downstairs. So I just went, oh, damn. Like, and, then, and the thing is, if you heard the clack, I was like, yeah. oh, my God. And I think one of my neighbors, one of the people was outside and they looked in the window. I was like, what is that geezer doing? Like, I'm, standing there, I'm standing up with my hands in my, over my mouth going, oh, no. Uh, That's uh, when the rest should have stepped in. But yeah. You yeah. heard that punch go through his head, like a proper thud, like, boom. Like, the, oh. the thing is with O'Malley, is he, he obviously fights a bantam weight. People would expect them lighter weight guys not to have as, they still knock each other out, but not as much. He's just weird. Like, I think, I don't know how old he is. I think he's like 23, 24 mm. now. I think he is. Yeah. He'll eventually be a featherweight. There's not, oh, he, yeah. he won't be a bantamweight for too much longer. But that's a frightening thought when that guy goes up in weight because yeah. he hit hard. And that's the thing. It's like Thomas Almeida, I feel for that guy because he's a very, very good fighter. Yeah, he has just had a horrible time of opponents. I think he mm. fought Cody Garbrandt. He fought. Mm. Um, He's twenty six. Uh, O'Malley's twenty six. O'Malley's twenty six. 
Yeah, so really, he's got. He, I reckon, I reckon you'd see him do that sort of champ, champ thing when he eventually gets to a yeah. title fight. Being that he wins it, if yeah. he gets to a title fight and if he wins it, he'll go up to fight somebody at featherweight. But mm. the guy's got unreal knockout power. My yeah. only concern with him is he's. I think people alluded to it in the thing. Obviously, I know he's probably come from the point kickboxing he's, and the, his ability. He's got very good head movement. He's very, very dangerously close to getting caught with a shot. Oh, oh, man. So when he goes back and he's got his chin up in the air, he's just so he's so close to he's so good at slipping punches and moving and having head movement. He doesn't get caught a lot. He gets caught with more leg kicks than he does ever getting punched in the face. But it's only going to take one guy to potentially just budge that little bit closer. And as I said, once he goes up the rankings, like if he fought someone like Corey Sandhagen, for example, and done that, Corey Sandhagen would knock him the fuck out. <laughs> someone like Cody Garbrandt, again, yeah. would knock him the fuck out. Yeah. Somebody like Pete Petriard do the exactly the same. Someone like actually TJ Dillashaw, that all of them guys have got the ability. If they get close enough to him, yeah. even a Jose Aldo would be, I think he was talking about potentially, but he wants to fight Jose Aldo. I'm like, Jose Aldo, if he catches you with a hook of some form, then mm. I put you out. Don't get me wrong, you've got to get close to the guy. But again, it was fair. But look, the guy, I, I really like watching him. I, I do like watching him because I like his style. I like the way he moves. And I like the way he sort of evades shots and throws shots. But yeah, he's definitely in danger of getting caught badly at some point. Yeah, and it, it does happen. I mean, uh, even people said it for years with Michael Page and then it finally happened. And then after that, then they're like, oh, look, now there's one way to beat Michael, like the only way to beat Page. Like, yeah. But you got, it's a dangerous game to play, that type of style. But when it works, it works. And that's what gets you checks, man. Like, it's crazy. Because mm, like, there, there, there was a good few knockouts on that event. But you, you will remember that one. He was one of the lightest dudes. It's crazy. Yeah. And he, got two, he basically got two. I mean... It, it, I would say it was two knockouts, but Almeida was completely still with it at that first knockdown. I thought at first I was like, "Whoa, that fight should have been over." And they showed the highlights, and he was there still, just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> "Come at me, bro!" Like, it was like, "No, like you could tell, you could see it in his face." There's no quitting him. Yeah, no quitting him. But again, too many shots. But sorry, that, that again, isn't really. Sorry, go on. He, he comes from a shoot boxing background, isn't it? And they're just notoriously training ridiculously hard. And like at full speed. Same, so. I don't think it's the same as the old shoot, shoot the box anymore, like with Vandalay Silva, um, Shogun, the Nogueras, and all mm. that sort of stuff. But I, I've heard that again, he, he does train hard, but it, I just think, I personally believe he's undersized for that weight. I just think he's a bit too small because these guys coming at Bantam weight now are they're cutting high. It's not even just their cut. They're just tall, lanky. There's like very few that have like Patreon's probably and TJ Dillashaw are going to be the two smallest guys and and potentially Cody Garbrandt in that division in regards to height. You've got yeah. some guys that are just coming in there now that are like, you sit there, you look, you're like, how do you make Bantamweight? Like, <laughs> I, I used to fight at Bantamweight and I'm five, seven and a half, giving myself that half inch, right? I used to be some of the tall, like one of the tallest in the division, and that. And I see an O'Malley is six two, and I'd be like, "What?" <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. just <laughs> that's ridiculous. He's got an odd body type as well. He looks, he just looks mm. kind of strange. It's very, very, very strange. And like when when jo- when Jones was younger and a bit more thinner, he had a quite a similar body type when he first started pre UFC. Sorry. Um, yeah. Which, 
leaves us on to oh, again another bit of a bit of an upset for me. I knew it was going to happen. Tyron Woodley and Luke. Um, I didn't know this, but that that was actually Tyron Woodley's last uh, contracted fight in the UFC. Where does he move from here? Because he's thirty eight. Is he thirty eight? Thirty eight. Thirty nine. Yeah. I think. I think. That's the last time we're going to see Tyron Woodley fight in the UFC, personally. Yeah, does does he carry on? I think the guy makes too much money outside of the UFC. He does the yeah. rapping thing. He's on that TMZ doing stuff on there. He's got he's got his got fingers a podcast as well, isn't he? Podcast. I think the guy's done well enough. Like, I just think I. You know what it is? I don't think it's. Um, I don't think for Tyron Woodley, it's a. Um, a lack of motivation or anything like that. I just think the guy's coming up now. Like, if you think about it, and this is something people actually probably haven't looked to. So he's lost his last, what's that, four fights? Four in a row. Four in a row. So he's lost to... To Kamaru. the best, to be fair, yeah. So he lost to Kamar Usman. He lost yeah. to... Uh, Gilbert Gil- Burns. Colby. Colby Covington, yeah. And now Luke. Luke, yeah. Three, three of them four guys the best of the best. <laughs> no, 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 sorry. I'm just saying best of the best. Three of them four guys all train at the same team or did. Yeah. Yeah. So you're basically having a team that knows how to beat the guy. Yeah. Exactly the same game plan. And then Kobe, Kobe yeah. Covington's game plan is the same as what they all did. So it, it's it's one of them where I feel for Tyron Woodley because he's... He's got big power. He can do all of them stuff. But I think over the years, I think that whole mindset of having the belt, keeping hold of the belt. Yeah, yeah. And his ability to explode and he does get tired in fight. So you reckon he's done now? You you don't reckon he's going to fight for another organisation? I'm I'm not too sure. Look, he could go to a Bellator. Or something like that, but again, Bellator got some beasts over there at the yeah. world weight division. And I, I think if he's gonna do anything, I think he'll do something because again, he does some stuff. I think he still does some stuff to do with the UFC in regards to um, media and that, and that, like media um, and oh, so it's I think it's ESPN, it's not 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 so much UFC. Yeah. So I think he does some stuff with ESPN. He, he's, he's got the ability to go. He's a very articulate guy. People like listening yeah. to him. Again, he looks good. <laughs> yeah. So no homo, but he looks good. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't need to do it. He doesn't need to do the fighting thing anymore. But yeah. again, but again, with that fight, I think I felt for him because he looked the best. He come out the best he'd ever oh, done. Yeah. I thought he I said to people, I'm like, Vincente Luque is my dark horse in that division. I think that oh, guy yeah. is just going to going to keep my name fight after fight, chipping away, chipping away, chipping away until we get somebody yeah. in that upper... The, the, the person that he had in that upper division when he lost to him, but it was an incredible fight, was um, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. That was yeah. the fight that but, we went... You know what? Unbelievable performance from Wonderboy. Yeah, well, to be honest, unbelievable performance from both of them. Like, it was like, a great fight, yeah. Great, great fight in, in general. But yeah, it's... It's one of them that I think Luke. He, I always liked Luke. I've always liked him. Like, I remember watching his first couple of fights in the UFC and just going, "Where did this guy come from?" And then I remember watching. I was just watching him, kept on watching his fight. And as you said, you've seen him fight guys, and he just got better and better and better and better. And don't get me wrong, he was hurt. He was hurt badly, but he come back with that. I think it was a left hook, if I'm correct. Hit him with a left. Tyron would have left left hook. Thought Tyron's legs just went. Oh, 
Like, it was like straight dead. That's it. Can't do anything. And I was like, oh, poor Tyron. When, when Tyron held the cage and then swung and hit him with the right hook, it was like, I, I love those fights so much. And the thing is, I, I feel like the division isn't going to miss fighters like that. It's like, but before the fight, I did say, if Woodley does lose, um, I think he probably should leave. But watching that performance, I think, I think he still has something in him. No way. I'm not saying he can be a top five, but I'm saying that I think he still has more to give. Yeah, still, still got a lot to offer. Yeah. But the thing is, and this is a, something the the UFC have been doing a lot lately. Obviously, you see Overeem go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They cut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The cuts. Like, they're trying to cut money because I actually saying that something quickly will go on to as well. I'll just bring it up. The UFC Reebok deal is officially done. That's it. I've, no I, I did see something about this on Twitter. So now, it's finished now. Got it? the, yeah, so they've got the Venom deal. So they've got to pay out money to do with that. Obviously, they get paid by Venom and there's money going around and everything like that. But they know for a fact that someone like Tyron Woodley, I probably, I don't know, and somebody maybe will pull it up, but probably he's on the 200 grand range, I reckon, for his yeah, so he's probably making, if he wins a fight, not that he'd want to fight, but he's probably making two, 250, plus if he wins, maybe another two, 250 on top. So you're talking like maybe potentially half a million dollars that he could, that man could make. Yeah. The UFC are not going to carry on paying him if he's going to keep on losing. And as I said, the UFC are in the business of the best of the best. The best fight the best. Yeah. The, they, they have these guys. The welterweight division is so stacked not being funny they don't need someone like Tyron Wood like the guys of old now and again yeah. it's hard to say because it doesn't seem that long ago that they weren't the guys of old but where the sport's evolving 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 so evolving fast. All the time, so fast that I can't even keep up with it anymore like I like <laughs> to try and watch all the fights but I ah, sorry my cats are jumping around and <laughs> dug their nails right into me little bastards how much how much did you say uh, you reckon he earned? Uh, it's got to be over two hundred easily. If I was, if I was to say, Ricky, what do you reckon? I was going to Tyron Woodley. Yeah, Tyron Woodley. Yeah. Without a title fight, I would probably say he's getting around around about two fifty to three hundred. He's getting two hundred thousand the show, five fifty thousand for the fight for, for the fight of the night bonus, fifteen thousand fight week incentive pay. So okay. top two six two six potentially two six five. So if he'd have won that, he would have got a win bonus on top of that, which would have potentially been another $200,000. That's the thing. That's what the UFC are looking at and going, right, can we afford to fight? If we put someone like, not being funny, but Vincente Luque on there, he got paid probably considerably less than what yeah. Tyron would be. Yeah. And yeah. he's higher in that division. You've got people like that Hamzat coming in. and You've got so many guys of, of that calibre at the welterweight division now that they don't really need those guys like, the, the days of having, and again, I still like him. I know he's still about, and he hasn't been cut yet, but someone like Robbie Lawler. Robbie Lawler won't be long for the UFC if he doesn't put a couple of good wins together. And and the same for someone like Wonderboy as well. Going back on Hamza, have you spoke to anyone who's actually trained with Hamza at All-Stars, Martin? I know, in fact, obviously, Darren, because you, me and you obviously have a, a mutual few people we both know, yeah. Tony. Yeah, yeah. Tony. Obviously, I oh, yeah. oh yeah, Tony's my MMA coach. Yeah, so I obviously trained with Tony. Oh, I don't know how many years ago, but we trained in Romford together. And I'm yeah, yeah. Tony for 
years. I haven't seen him in years. But obviously, Darren, I was in the gym when Darren was first started um, many, many moons ago. Obviously, you know, Mark Fry and all that yeah. sort of guys and that. Um, so, yeah, back in the MMA clinic day, years ago, I've seen Darren spar and fight just in the gym alone, let alone anything else. But yeah. I know for a fact that he said that Hamza is on, on another level. Yeah. Of Literally, every, everyone I've spoke to has gone to Hamza and said he is just something else. And I'm like, I, I heard about this before he got to UFC and I was thinking, who the fuck is this guy? Man? Yeah. And then when I saw him, I was he's, like, holy shit. Man. He's come back, right? He's, he's, he's better again, is he? He retired... And then I've heard, I think it was yesterday or the day before, that now he's, I think because he was, he actually retired because he started coughing up blood. That's what I've heard. Yeah, and, I, I heard the same. And it got serious. And now suddenly he's realised it's not, it's just, he's, he's absolutely fine now. So apparently he's coming back. Well, to be honest, I think that was on the cards all the, all the time. I think he ever said for a guy like that who just consistently trains. Yeah. It was one of them where he was... Um, very much sort of is frustrated it? by not being able to train and not being able to fight. As I said, the guy wants to fight as regularly as he possibly can and has not been able to. So you yeah. can understand why there is some frustration there in his uh, in his part. But again, he should be coming back at, at some point, probably over the summer, I reckon. Which leads us on nicely to uh, the main event, baby. <laughs> I had Stipe to win just because I thought he could weather the storm. Yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. I, just because oh, I, 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 I thought he could weather the storm. Like the first, you know, he's, he, they were 1-0. and uh, And I know the UFC were pushing, like in, in the Embedded series, they were pushing the wrestling. They constantly showed him wrestling and stuff. And I thought, are they just doing that just to make a point? And everyone kept banging on about how great his wrestling was, but we haven't really seen it because he's just fucking up people in like, you know, in the first round. Um, and I just had Stipe. I just, I just thought he could, I just thought he could weather that storm. And uh, I mean, to be fair to him, at the end of the first round, I don't know if you lot noticed it, but Francis looked gassed from that first round. You know, he, he stuffed that takedown. Well, I think that's when shit hit the fan for uh, Stipe when he, as soon as he, as soon as he stuffed that takedown. Um, but what was your, what was your guys take on the fight then? What, what, for me, that for me, there was two things that stood out from the start of the fight. Uh, <laughs> the first punch that Francis landed on Stipe completely changed his hair. Like his hair was down, he got that <laughs> punch, and his hair was just spiked up. And from there, I went, "Holy shit! Like this ain't gonna go well." And then with, with that, I, I was thinking, "Okay, I need to see Stipe do a shot here." And then when he sprawled and then went down to the side, yeah, that, I'm not shitting you. That was like Walter weight speed for me. Like he right. went back there so fast and got around the back, started hammering. Started hammering. And hooks, I was like, hooks, hooks. fuck. Yeah. And, and then not only that, he tried setting up a takedown, like, which I said uh, on the previous episode about this. I think France is going to get a knockout by threatening that takedown. But um, we'll see. Um, well, it was one of the takedown, he actually got it. He actually yeah. got the takedown. That was the thing. Like, I, I had, I said this before. Like, I'm obviously, I think I wasn't on the podcast last week, but. I had Ngannou to win it. I just said, I think, I like Stipe. I really do. I oh, it's impossible he, to not like him, yeah. yeah. It's impossible not to like the guy. I personally believe he felt, he fought a very unmotivated and slow Daniel Cormier who put far too much weight on. I think if the Daniel, Daniel Cormier had come in in the first fight and just retired after that, I think if you had that same Daniel Cormier 
he would have beaten him three times out of three. I just, yeah. I, I genuinely believe that. But for Ngannou, my biggest take was in that week. Something, and again, I don't know. It's something, it's just stuff I end up listening to and looking at. But he had Kamar Usman in his corner. Yes. Yeah. And there was a conversation that Kamar Usman had with somebody about the fight leading up to it and why he was in his corner and that. And that was a telltale sign for me. That was just a telltale sign. I'm like, you've got a champion of the world coaching you in your corner who's very methodical, who knows. He would have had conversations and apparently very good friends mm. and they trained together and stuff like that. And also, from everything you heard from everybody that's trained with Ingarner who said he is one of the nicest people that's ever been, but the guy trains his arse off. Yeah. And as he said, he was so patient. I don't believe he was gassed in that after that first round I think he obviously expended a lot of energy stuff in that well, I don't even think he did expend that much energy people think he did but I think he's, he's just big he's it, it, big muscles what I meant was his, his mouth was open he was, he was mouth breathing and I just thought he looked a bit a little, you know tired people can people can still mouth like I have to mouth breathe because my nose I've had my nose broken ah, up yeah, yeah, yeah. haven't repaired so it, it, you, it could be factors like that no, nobody knows but my biggest takeaway with that was the defense of that takedown. So he went, Stipe went in for a single leg, right? Went in for a single leg takedown. He had the leg. The thing that Nganu did differently to before is before he just tried to muscle out of it. This time, there was pure technique that yeah, people yeah. Haven't, still haven't even realized. I'm Again, I love the wrestling side of things, something that I've always done. The way that he, as he had the, the single leg, he started stuffing the head, pushing the head yeah, down, yeah. got his hips to turn, turned his hips towards Stipe, got his arms around it and basically sprawled on him. Yeah. And it was just, it was picture-perfect technique for me. And then from the striking perspective, we've seen him do some stuff in the past. We've knocked yeah. people out. But what he did in the terms of setting it up, he threw a head kick. He was throwing leg kicks. And the punch that he actually dropped Stipe with, people were like, oh, it's a jab. It wasn't. If you actually look, he changes his footwork as he's yeah. coming forward. He steps, I think he steps his right foot forward and then basically come back with a cross yeah. Yeah. and drops him. Yeah. And obviously the subsequent uh, strikes afterwards, obviously he had Stipe wobbled. But that, that Stipe, in my opinion, obviously got overzealous, hit him with a right hand because everybody went, oh, Francis oh. was Well, he, I don't... For, for a split second, I think Stipe thought he caught him, right? Yeah, yeah, he did. That's a second. He, he he hit him, but what if you notice this time? What he done was what Francis did. As soon as he got hit with that, you can see him. He slightly shuffled back his weight. He got his feet underneath him again, yeah. and then he see that opening for that left hook. Oh. And when he caught him with it, I was just like, "That's oh, it." Yeah, over. I thought. I thought, I thought, I thought... When he followed up with a second shot and you see Stipe's leg fold under him, I was like... Yeah. I said, mate, yeah, I thought his leg was broken. I was like, no, get in there, Herb, quickly stop it. <laughs> oh, man. Going, going back to what you were saying about that, uh, his punch where it was like the jab going into, he switches his feet into that. That's what Kamaru does. If you look at his last fight against uh, Gilbert Burns, he threw that so many times. And they kept saying, oh, it was a jab of Usman. And I was like, bro, it's the way he's hiding that jab Switching the stance and smashing him again. Uh, when you when you've got somebody of that that magnitude, and as I said, I think Kamaruzman is one of the most people. Not the hardcore know how good he is. 
everybody else doesn't know how good he is quite yet. Mm. That guy is on another level of everybody else. And you think about the injuries had, <laughs> all the stuff that he's had to go wrong in the past. It, it is one of them where it it's um it's an impressive impressive thing to see what he can do. He's just and as I said, now he's helping Francis. It's uh it's definitely 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 going to be interesting to see in the future what he does. And you know, it couldn't have happened to a nicer person. I, I'm falling more oh. and more in love with Francis and Garnier, man. The more stuff is <laughs> coming out, genuinely. Like I know, I like I knew his story. I mean, I, I said in the last podcast, I said like I really want Steve to win. What? I love Steve Baker because he's still with that that blue collar. He's still working. He's a fireman. That you know, he's got all that. But if if he loses, I'm not going to be disappointed because there's no one nicer than Francis Ngannou. Just a genuinely, yeah. genuinely nice guy. And um, you know, his post match interview, his, his his story beforehand. I mean, like leaving leaving uh, Cameroon took him two years just to get to France. He had dreams of being a boxer. And, insane story and um, what a story I mean I think he was he was digging sand mines in Cameroon just a couple of years ago and now he's there, a heavyweight champion there, there, there needs just, to be a movie about him in a couple yeah, of years probably will be. It needs to be there, pro- there probably will be yeah there probably will be I reckon um, but I mean yeah absolutely brilliant man uh, just I just wanted to get it on to John Jones obviously right because um, John Jones was teasing everyone he was going um <coughs> You know, he was he, he, he was going to fight the winner. As soon as Ngannou won, he tweeted out, show me the money. And he's been kind of rinsed ever since. What do you, what's your take on that? I mean, I mean, people are saying that he's scared and all this sort of stuff. I don't, I don't believe for one second he's scared, but just as soon as he mentioned money, I mean, people suddenly jump on him and say that he's scared. Well, 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 well here's the thing, like, why, why not? Why not ask for the money you deserve? I think John Jones definitely does deserve the money that he's asking for. And yeah. like, what is it? He said um, eight to ten millions to not enough. Yeah, yeah. For people like me, you, and most of the fucking UFC roster, yes, it is enough. Yeah, but for him, he's looking. He's on a different level. He's like on that level of where yeah, you should be getting these type of paychecks. He's yeah. he's superstar icon, like Michael Jordan level type person. So. I think he should be getting the paydays he deserves. My my thing is with this, and again, we started talking about off the podcast, and this is the point that I was going to make in regards yeah. to it, is, is the fact that because of all the shit that John Jones has done in the past, <laughs> cost the UFC a fuck ton of money. Yeah, they yeah. lost the whole card the first yeah. time it ever um, happened. They lost a whole entire card because of that man, because he didn't want to fight Chel Sonnen on short notice. Where basically, yeah. so when he did fight Chel Sonnen, he basically beat the living shit out of him. Yeah. There was no contest. He basically broke his toe, broke his toe completely in half. Yeah. That bad. fight. But he demolished him. He, 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 the UFC 200 card got cancelled because of him. People had to have their money given back. People didn't buy the pay-per-view. There was all sorts of stuff because they had Amanda Nunes at the time versus Misha Tate on that card. That was the main event. They brought Lesnar and Mark Hunt, but because that was a title fight, it superseded the Mark Hunt-Brock Lesnar fight. And I think I understand... Look, don't get me wrong, I think the guy should be paid, but he cannot argue and sit there and keep on going, oh, the UFC are treating me bad, this, that and the other. Mm. You drove into a pregnant woman in a car, 
high and you drove away. Sorry, you're a dickhead. <laughs> oh, sorry, I can't say. I love John Jones. I, love I wasn't him expecting this at all. No, 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 no. I love him as a fighter, right? I love him as a fighter because he's eat the bollocks. But you can't sit there and you can't bitch and moan the way he's bitched and moan when you've yeah. done the shit that he's done. That is the problem. If somebody like, and he sits and he goes about Conor McGregor, Conor I was McGregor, just going to mention. I was just. I was going to mention Conor McGregor. Yeah, sorry. Go on. He's done some shit. Yeah, he's done some shit in the UFC. What he's done outside of the UFC is outside of the UFC, and actually has never been proved. Obviously, he's had the stuff to do with like he's done like he smashed the geezer's phone and he punched the old guy. Yeah, that shit's bad. That shit's yeah. bad. But that's still not as bad as driving into a pregnant woman and then running off because you're high. Sorry, I don't care what oh, people shit. say. That's just on another <laughs> level. Like, that is, he just look. And again, people would laugh at this and go, what? Like, what? And I'm like, yeah, he's a great, he's one of the greatest fighters we've ever seen. I'm not going to deny that. And I'm not going to deny that he's in, in the, I think he still should get paid. But to come out and go eight to 10 million is not enough. I'm like, are you on, is he, is he, someone to go and test him? Is he, is he doing coke again? Is he, no. is he <laughs> like, come on, man, like eight to 10 million. Will he get paid to eight? To, look, I, I could, I wouldn't want to fight fight Francis Ngannou. I'm not saying he's scared because I don't think he, he's not. I don't think yeah. he is. He's too much of a compare. He believes in himself. He's not. I'd fight. I'd fight Francis Ngannou for 8 to 10 million. Give me that money. I'll, I'll take a punch off of him. Don't get me wrong. Probably gonna lose all <laughs> I'd suck his dick for 10 million. <laughs> I need a new jaw. I'll probably need a new face by the time I fight Francis Ngannou. Right? I'll have 8 to 10 million pound in the bank. I'll do yeah. it. Thank you very much. Give me that money. Yeah. John Jones is, I think what he's trying to do is he's trying to back the UFC in the corner. But the UFC doesn't care because yeah. they've got the Trump card. Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis. I love Derek uh, yeah, Lewis. Yeah, he's already said. He's already said, hang on, where is it? It goes. I'll fight him for eight to 10 million. I'll, mm. I'll, I'll fight him for eight million. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> you can actually imagine him saying it as well. But personally, that's, that's the fight. As much as I love John Jones, he's the greatest of all time for me. Yeah, but I would much rather see Derek and Ngannou again. I don't, I don't know why, but that's just what I want to see. Well, he's already beaten him, and <sighs> I, I, I think people don't like my opinion, but I think he beats him again. I, I don't know why. Derek for me is just, it's just something else, man. Like he just, he literally card like <laughs> I think the Francis Ngannou we see now is a terrifying prospect, and I think as well for John Jones because look. If anybody's going to beat John Jones, I'm being serious at heavyweight, it's Francis Ngannou. I don't see Derek Lewis because of the threat of the takedowns. Curtis Blades is going to get destroyed. Oh, yeah. uh, um, Tai Tuivasa, he'd get destroyed. Um, who else in heavyweight division now? There's, there's not, again, the heavyweight division is not a massive, massive You've got, you got a few up-and-coming heavyweights. You got up and coming heavyweights, but again, yeah. it's John Jones, like the guy. Yeah, I know. I'm not. I'm not saying it's compare, but yeah. But when you look at the Francis we see this weekend, in his measured approach, it just seems like he's just matured. Look, he's still got that berserker start, style, but if he comes back like that every single fight, and does what he did this weekend, yeah. no one touching that guy. No, I, no, I agree. Nobody. I agree. Nobody. I, I um, in the last podcast, we we sort of laughed off anyone beating John Jones. We said basically like if Stipe wins, he, he fights John Jones, John Jones wins. If Ngannou wins, he fights John Jones, John Jones wins. 
mate, I'm not even that confident anymore. And I still think he's still not even the finished product yet, Francis Ngannou. That's what's so terrifying. Oh, no. He's ah, nowhere near the finished product. So when he is, fuck, man. You know? And, and by the way, the guy now, if you looked at him, they put the, the two comparisons to the fights again. Because last time, when he fought Stipe, he cut 265, which the only other people that used to do that was Mark Hunt, Brock Lesnar, and uh, Bigfoot Silver. There was the only few guys that used to actually cut to 265. He now no longer cuts to 265, but he weighs 263 pounds. Yeah. The guy is an and then the thing is, yeah, animal. He's an animal. The guy, guys, in my, I'm not saying he's not, he's unbeatable. Yeah. Again, if that Francis comes out every single time and fights the way that he did, which was patient, methodical. He did. He took his time. Yeah. The yeah. Yeah. Power and strength that he has got in his arsenal. Yeah. That is a terrifying prospect for any fight, any heavyweight fighter out there. Including Derek Lewis, I love Derek Lewis, and I, again, it would be hilarious to see him win the belt and just see what he does. Oh, yeah. Because he's just a, <laughs> yeah. a funny guy, like everybody loves him. But again, he's one of them fights where it's like, for 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 me, I don't see any other heavyweight beating Ngannou at this point. Mm. Like he's the he's the only one I can say, yeah, that might that might be a heads. Like, hey, Derek, that, Derek Lewis, you mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. what? Who others are there? As I said, they're mostly up and coming guys. Someone mentioned the other day about a uh, serial game, Ghana, and I'm thinking he, he's not he's not there yet. Like he still needs a lot of work. He needs. Sorry, go on. I was just going to say, do you think that Derek Lewis and Ngannou will pull in the numbers that John Jones and Ngannou pulls in? I don't think. What do you reckon they will? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do because I think Derek Lewis is Derek Lewis. You can sell Derek Lewis. It's not yeah. you can sell Ingarno as well. Look, their first fight was terrible. Oh. One of the worst fights I've ever seen. Like, I, I think it was uh, it was voted one of the worst fights ever. Yeah. Shitless. <laughs> <laughs> There's certain fights I'll watch and I'll go, oh, that was a great fight. But you sit there and look, there was action. There was dog shit action oh. in there. I was just I got to a point where I was sitting there watching it going, oh yeah, my yeah. yeah, yeah. can't believe it. Yeah. It's, it's it's terrible. This is like the worst mm. fight I've ever watched. Just be a pure right. fact because of the inactivity, but yeah, I think a second fight would be completely different. I don't think it goes that way either, yeah. But I just and don't know if uh, it's more John Jones. I think people want to see that fight. I think, do you know what I mean? That's what, well, that's what well, I reckon, anyway. Well, g- going back on your point, I just before this, I was watching Chael Sonnen, and I uh, if I correct me if I'm wrong, but he said, uh, J- Jones obviously has more followers than uh, Lewis. But where Jones tweeted about that money thing and yeah. then Derek Lewis uh, said, oh, shit, I'll do it for eight grand. That actually had more interaction with fans than John Jones's. <laughs> so even though Jones has more followers and he's more popular, does he have that pull anymore that what Derek Lewis can? Mm. The thing is, the reason why John Jones went to heavyweight is because he needed something new. He was just beating everybody at light heavyweight yeah. and it was like, there was nobody really, that, apart from really Dominic Reyes, who's in my um, I'm still very much like I think he actually won that fight. He didn't beat the champion to beat the belt, but really, if you put that in another five round main event without a belt, Reyes would have won it. Okay, he didn't here's a, to beat the champion, but here's the thing because uh, I like hearing people's opinion on this one in that five round title fight. Yeah, those last two rounds are so crucial, that's what makes the champions. Yeah. Hmm. If you win those two rounds, do you not think that shows, say, for example, like 
Reyes did win probably the first three, but Jones yeah. wins the later two rounds, the championship rounds. Do you not think that that's more significant than winning just those first three rounds? No, because on the on the point system, the way the no, point no. system works is yeah. that that's the thing. If if you work if you work it out from a purist perspective, I personally believe the the fight should be judged as a whole. As a whole, yeah. Not as individual rounds. I think it should be judged mm. as a whole. But in the point system that we have, Reyes won it. Yeah. Just because, just because of that. If you, I, I've, I, I've had the, the luxury. The start, or I say the luxury was. I enjoyed it. It was stressful though. But I had the the luxury of actually judging some fights. This was mm. a, uh, about three years ago. I went to an event with my coach at the time. He was judging because he's a certified judge, and I sat there alongside another mm. certified judge who needed me to basically uh, judge one of the fights because his guy was fighting, so he couldn't judge yeah. the fight yeah, until he his corner. So I just got dragged into it just because I was, I was available, and yeah. um, and obviously I love fights, so I was doing everything like from boxing to Muay Thai to all sorts. And I actually had to, like I had some conversation with guys that didn't agree with my judging, and they went to mm. me. How comes you judged it? And I had a sort of pen and paper that was writing stuff down on and scoring bits and pieces. And I said to him, "Look, I said I'm here to do it on the ten point plus. That's what it is. Yeah. Like I have to do it on that. Yeah, it's, it's to really... judge that as a whole fight, yeah, you kicked his ass in the last round, but the two rounds before that, he fucked you up. Like you didn't think the last round, yeah, you nearly had him finished, but you didn't finish him." Yeah. That was from a boxing perspective. That was from a kickboxing perspective and MMA. Because this show had all three lot. They was all in a cage. Yeah. But they had MMA, boxing, and um, uh, like K1 slash Muay Thai. Actually, it was K1. It was MMA, yeah. boxing, and K1. So I was yeah. judging all three of them. And I had one, one of the boxers come up to me afterwards. Like, I don't agree. He was like, proper angry with me. And I was like, mate, sit down. Like, sit down. There's a break. Like, let's mm. sit down. We'll have a mm. chat about it. And I said, I will tell you how I judged it. He went around to the other judges and had a guy at them, and he come over to me and I said, "No, sit down. Like, I'm happy to have a conversation with you." I'm like, sit down. So we had a we had a chat, and I explained it to him. I was like, "Yeah, the, the third round, you literally battered the geezer. Like the geezer couldn't do anything, mm-hmm. but threw a load of punches in the first two rounds that nothing landed. He was throwing very fast, and it sounded mm-hmm. like you was doing a lot. But he was landing on the arm where every single yeah. time he threw a shot, he was hitting you." And he was like, oh, I never really thought about it in that way. I was like, yeah. I said, I've got to go with what actually lands. Like, but again, for a fighter, it's different. It's different. Yeah. Like for me, I might have been that way. But it's, it's a difficult one with it's the scoring. The yeah. To be honest, I'm actually going to, I'm hopefully when everything opens back up, I know Mark Goddard doing a ref course at some oh, yeah. point online. I might be, I might try and hop onto that if I can get on that. And also, I want to do the judging course because not that I'm often going to go out and judge fights, but I, I find it interesting. I find it interesting yeah. behind the sport. What it helps you learn the sport more. It'll yeah. help your game. It'll help you. Yeah. I'm, 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 I've got a luxury that I've done it before and I've been around a lot of people that have been involved in the judging. I know a couple of the refs that ref my fights that I've actually questioned them on certain things. I've asked yeah. them certain <laughs> questions. So I, get, I tend to get a bit of an insight with that sort of thing. And and especially the refs. Like I, I said, the refs have got the hardest job. Like We all slate the refs. Do you put yeah. we do yeah. They've got the hardest job in the world, man. Because like, yeah. no matter what they do, they can never, ever come out. They, they either do it completely right or what we consider they do it completely wrong. They're never in the middle. 
They never yeah. like impartial. They ever do a really good job, a really shit job. Yeah. It's it's, yeah. it's a difficult one. Like you got that, that you're in that tricky position. So yeah. I said, think like, I think I think you'd be good at it as well. I think genuinely, I think you'd be good at it, especially yeah. if a fighter has got a problem. You've got you've you've got that. Well, let's sit down and have a conversation rather than fuck you. It's my decision. Fuck you. Shut up. <laughs> you know what I mean? You've got at least you've got a, a a good aura about you. You can sit down and say, listen, this is the reason why. That's that's mm. why you know. Problem is, is, I think again for fighters, I think a lot, not a lot of fighters, and I think we showed, it showed with the Petrian fight and Aljamain Sterling. That stupidly, even now, people don't know the rules. <laughs> people don't know the criteria for stuff. I personally believe that in this country, and I think at the minute, uh, it's called England MMA or something like that. It's actually floating about at the minute where they're trying to get sort of stuff certified throughout the country. A lot of people are opposed to it. I'm very much for it. I think we should have a gun and governing body in this country because unfortunately you do get guys that get to fight that not necessarily should fight. Mm-hmm. I've seen it personally, Ricky. I know you've seen it. Yes. You go to certain fights and there's guys that should just not be fighting out there. Like yeah. I, I say it all the time that like, I'm not, I had a conversation with someone the other week on site, a, a job I was doing and um, he was talking about charity MMA totally against it. I am totally 100% against it. I'm even against charity boxing. I love charity side of things. I'm not, not an issue with that. I would happily do a charity fight, but I can't do a charity fight because I You're an experienced fighter. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm of the belief that when you get in there to fight another human being and throw punches and potentially hurt somebody, that that should be taken seriously from both yeah. sides of the coin. Not just one, but both. I've seen it. Uh, and again, I won't name promotions, but people are probably going to guess because they know the shows I've fought on and I've been to other shows that have done it, where they go, opponent ain't turned up, call so-and-so. Oh, man. And then you get this geezer come in. This geezer's not trained a day in his life, but been given 200 quid to go and have a punch-up with somebody, <laughs> thinks that he's going to win, gets knocked. I've seen it. I'll tell you what, I'm going to tell you this quick one because this is the, the best story ever, and I'm hoping the guy isn't listening to it. Like, but it was an event that I was fighting on. The guy come out. Oh no, was I fighting? No, I was cornering. Sorry, I was cornering actually that night. So this guy, I was in the back warming up my guy, ready for the fight. This guy comes in, sitting there, not not warmed up, whatever. So he comes over to me and my coach and goes, um, "Could somebody wrap our hands?" It was like we had like two guys or three. I think it was two guys we had that night. But I was at the time I was busy. I was holding pads and talking to the guys out and I just went like, like sorry mate I ain't got time like ask him so he went over to him I felt bad but I was yeah. like and he went over to my coach and my coach didn't have time because he was wrapping somebody else's hands and this guy was going on soon he went up against this guy and I remember he come to the cage with his missus and his missus had the suitcase in her hand that they travelled down with oh my god and his missus was cornering him and all I remember, I remember oh. just sitting there going like, I remember watching on the TV and I think Brad Pickett was there actually. Brad Pickett was there and he just looked at me and he went, and I looked at him because I pulled on Brad's show and I just went, this can't be happening, can it's it? It's going to end well. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna end well. And these gays have got sparked like badly. And I just remember the guy being in the cage, like proper jumping around. And I was like, mate, you're literally just beating a geezer that not being funny should just never have been in there. So sorry, let me get back to my actual original point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that in this country, that the education in regards to MMA, like 
I know I speak to loads of people and they all still consider it cage fighting. And I always say, no, MMA. They go, what's the difference? I'm like, we fight in a cage. It's not a cage fight. Yeah. Yeah. The fighting that we do is called mixed martial arts. Okay. It's loads of martial arts. You can pick anything you want within the rule set. So within that rule set, you can do. I had to explain to my boss. I've had loads and loads of people, people that know about fighting, but don't necessarily know about MMA and its, its sort of pathways. And I just said it, I'm like, there's not enough education, not for the youngsters coming up, not for guys that are still doing the sport to this day. There's so many knowledgeable guys out there that can give back. But the problem is, as we all know, jiu-jitsu community, MMA community, probably not so much with Muay Thai, because I've noticed Muay Thai, that sort of community really comes together. Boxing still is a bit clicky and that, but well, I don't know if Ricky might be able to say me in regards to the striking side of like, like Muay Thai and um, uh, what what I found with Muay Thai is mostly all the as much as they don't like to admit everybody likes each other and they like to try and play that they don't um, like oh yeah it's our gym against their gym but there's not really much of that anymore. Yeah, there, like, isn't, there isn't politics involved. Like I know it. I know you guys might uh, not. Well, there might well, be a little bit of politics, but it's not like jujitsu. Jujitsu is like the worst politics in the world. Yeah, I did. Not I did not, a chess, not, by the way. Yeah, no, Sorry. Yeah. Um, I, I, when I first started doing jujitsu and I was on these different like pages and that on Facebook, I did not get how clicky the jujitsu community oh, could yeah, be. Man. I never, I, I never understood it. I was like, because from Muay Thai and kickboxing, it's really like, oh, you do Muay Thai, it's like awesome. Like we can train together no matter what. Yeah, in this one, it's like, oh, you train in that gym? No, fuck you. We ain't rolling. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say yeah. this, right? Even to this day, there's still people, because I, I have, I've been to different gyms over the years. There's still people to this day that won't talk to me because I left another gym. No. Yeah, even though now, yeah. I even though now I live miles away from it. Mm. It's like, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Crazy. Mm. It's a very old school mindset, I think. Very, very old school mindset. Right, so moving on. So, well, do we? Well, just quickly, do we think the John Johns and uh, thing will go ahead? Do you think he's just he's just baiting for more more money, and it will go ahead? It will happen. It will happen, Martin. Uh, no, I think Derek Lewis first. Oh, I think the, I think the UFC are just going to go. All right, you don't want to play ball, Derek Lewis. You get the next fight. Oh, um, well, just looking at John's last tweet quickly. Uh, when he was asked about Derek Lewis, said he would do it for eight million. He replied, I'm sure he would let him. Derek also doesn't have 15 world championships on his resume. Their last fight was one of the most boring heavyweight fights in recent history. It's a completely different situation. Well, wait a minute. Did he, did, he, did he not finish the guy that he fought? We're not being funny to John Jones. Again, I do like the guy. I'm not. He's not a bad mouthing. My point of bad mouthing, not even bad mouthing, but my, my point is, is he's asking for all this when really he's cost the UFC a lot of money. I'm not always about, I'm not obviously always about the corporation as such and all that. Yeah. The UFC make a lot of money, I understand. They should pay the, the money that they pay some fighters is horrendous. But yeah. Jones has had 15 fights. If he, he hasn't made that money because he fucked up, that's his fault. That's nobody else. That'd be like me going to work one day and going in out of my nut at work, completely fucking something up and going to my boss at the end of the day where I've cost my boss like a stupid amount of money. Like I'd maybe cost him 10 grand in a day and going, 
Well, I still want my day's money. And like, that's what he's literally gonna say. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it, like for me, John Jones, like he's asking for this stuff, and yeah, he's had 15 title fights or whatever he's had. He's had 15 defenses, or he's fought 15 times for a title. Yeah. Twice you got popped for drugs, picograms or whatever it was, but you still had them that shit in your system, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You fought DC and you knocked him out, and you was on drugs. That was before that ever come out. You got done for the coke thing. You drove him through a pregnant woman. You cancelled the whole card because you decided you didn't want to fight on a week's notice. Like, come on, man. You, you've, cost the, you've cost the promotion money. You understand why they don't want... I understand why they don't want to take that risk. Because yeah. they're always worried that John Jones is going to do the exactly the same as he did before. But again, I'll get off the subject because I know you're <laughs> not laughing about it, but people are probably thinking, this is going proper mad on John Jones. I love John Jones. I do. I actually genuinely, as a fighter, I love the guy. I love the guy. I just think he's the, as I said, he's one of the best outside. fighters you've ever seen. It's his antics. He's like, look, the thing is for me, he's about all this Twitter thing. You're going on Twitter, you're saying this, that, and the other. But you haven't done anything to help yourself. You, yeah, haven't. Yeah. you haven't done anything to help yourself. You can't sit there and you can't say to the UFC, I want this, I want that. I would laugh if the UFC just turned around and just went, you know what, John, You're just, you've been too much of a pain in the arse. You're cut. See you later, mate. I go to Bellator. Go and beat them lot up now. Like, just go and do something else. Um, just just judging on, on, on who they've got up now, like Leon Edwards and Nate Diaz and stuff like that, um, I think I think they will. I think they will come to an agreement. I hope they do. I really hope they do. What, what's your thoughts quickly on Leon Edwards and Nate Diaz? I cannot wait. That yeah. fight is going to be epic. And it's five I, I, I hope, rounds. I hope the... Yeah, I didn't get that co-main five rounds. I don't yeah, there's no, yeah. understand why. But. Because what it is, is they're deciding to do that because there's a lot of fights there which are technically... They're going to be tight. Like, I'm in agreement that guys that are fighting three rounds before fighting for a title is wrong. I think you should mm. have to fight them five rounds so you know that you can get through that. Okay. If you can't yeah. get through a five, five, and it can't be competitive, what is the point in a champion fighting you if he's not going to be competitive? They, the UFC wants it to be competitive. Also, Nate Diaz is better in rounds four and five than most people. But again, like, so I know we weren't on the podcast. I wasn't on the podcast last week, but I told everybody, I'm like, Leon Edwards is a different, is a different type of person. That guy, in my opinion, the only person to beat that guy is Kamar Usman. They need to fight again. I think that Leon Edwards does a demolition job on Nate Diaz. I'm not saying he knocks him out, but I'm saying that I think Nate Diaz at 170 is not the fight that he should be. He should be at 155 because he's he's a very good fighter at 155. But 170, no. Nah. Do you not think he's too big for 155? No, no. I know. No, I don't think he is. I don't he think he get is. back to the same frame. I think he can. Or as we've always said, or I've always said, and I badger on about this, 165. Yeah. 165. yeah. I'm of the idea that there should be a belt at every five pounds. Yeah. I, I am. And I know people go, oh, it was it down, it was it down. No, it doesn't. Because I think it shortens it, the divisions a bit more and it's a bit better. Yeah, and also you get more different, like, we've seen it as well. We didn't actually bring up one of the women's fights on the on the main card, actually. Like, oh, Jillian. But, yeah, Gillian Robertson versus... Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. Maverick. Maverick. Uh, yeah, that was a very, very good fight. Very yeah, good, like, first back and forth. 
for the first round and then got dominated the last couple of rounds. But you see it from, um, I don't know if you brought it up on the podcast last week, because I didn't quite get to listen to it all, but the, um, the weight cut incident of the oh. uh, yeah, passing out on the yeah, scale. Collapsed back, but yeah, twice. Ah, yes, 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 yes. So you so, twice. That's why you need to have one more weight class. Yeah. Like, I, I'm going to say it now. Somebody that's done stupid weight class, uh, weight cut in the past, and we, me and you, spoke about this on the podcast, Paul. Yeah. I'm. I I can fight at sixty. Well, now I couldn't. Now I couldn't. I'm like 80. I don't, I don't even want to know what I'm weighing in at the minute. <laughs> I probably, on my ideal weight is uh, 155. I'm not the biggest for 155. If I took a long, long time to gradually get the weight down, I'd probably be 165. Uh, sorry, one, uh, 166, sorry. Uh, 66 kilos, sorry. Featherweight. But my frame, people would say, you should fight a bantamweight. I have made the bantamweight limit once or twice, I think it was, got made sort of around that sort of mark. Killed me. Pretty yeah. pretty much didn't eat. Didn't eat. Didn't, didn't really do much. I basically starved myself. Yeah. I think and even Conor McGregor said it. Conor McGregor said it. He said, like, put more more, more weight divisions, more belts, more... Do you know what I mean? It's, it's win-win for everyone, really. It helps the promotion. The UFC just want to keep that like very tight-knit champions. Yeah. Like Very few champions mean a very prestigious thing. Problem is, yeah. is they've got a roster now massive, but as I said, going back to the Nate, the Nate Diaz thing, I, I, I don't like him at 170. He's never done very. You think at 170, he's beaten Anthony Pettis and maybe a couple of other people. He hasn't had that many wins at 170. He's not a 170 fighter. Nate Diaz at the minute, I think if he goes out, in my, I think he's going to lose this fight. I'm going to call it early. I think it's going to take a little bit of glare off of him. It's going to take a little bit of a shine off his name because nobody really knows about Leon Edwards too much. The hardcore yeah. do. Yeah. And again, I've been badgering on about Leon Edwards for years. I had yeah. the opportunity to see him at um, a Bama show um, that was in Manchester. I think we spoke about on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, a very, very, very good fighter then. To see what he's now, obviously I know there was the eye poke and everything like that. But, that guy, as I said, is the only person that I want to see fight Kamara Usman. Just quick, I'm not Sorry, go on. I was just going to say, just quickly, in, in, in regards to the um, IPOC, Bilal, um, he has recently come out and said, I guess I'll settle with, when the Leon Edwards and Nate Diaz fight was announced, he uh, replied with, I guess I'll settle with Colby then. He won't fight Colby. He's not, he's, look, I like, I like Bilal. Uh, yeah. Do you think he's just, I really do. Yeah. He's punching it too much at the yeah. minute. Like, come on, like, have a making noise. Fight. To be fair, yeah. Look, give it up to him. He steps in on short notice. He fought the fight. Obviously, but, didn't go either way that they wanted it to. Yeah. The writing was on that wall. I said it after that first round. I watched that first round and just went, this is going to be a demolition job yeah. very, very quickly. And I know what Brad was saying in the previous podcast. He thought he'd be competitive because he said, uh, the part of the podcast I got to listen to. He loved him, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he loved him. He does, he does. But he was saying, like, he admitted, he was like, I didn't really know about Leon Edwards. And that's what I've said to people. Go and watch this guy. Like, yeah. it, it, he is on another level to a lot of these guys. The Hamzat thing would have been an intriguing one for me yeah. because we all know everybody talks about Hamzat, how good he is. Yeah. How good does he do against a top Leon, flight or yeah. welterweight? Like, Leon Edwards, barring Kamaru Usman, 
I think Kobe didn't take the fight because he knows he's going to get fucked up. Masvidal's not going to take the fight because he knows he's going to get fucked up. The only person that's really going to genuinely take that fight, obviously, now is Nate Diaz and Kamar Usman. Because Kamar Usman, he can turn around and win. He's the toughest fight. He ever, yeah, he did say that. Yeah, yeah. But it's weird that it's weird that Jorge would 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 think that because uh, there's such bad blood there. Genuine bad blood, isn't there? Yeah, between Colby. Between ah. no, sorry, between Jorge and uh, Leon Edwards, they had a bit of a oh yeah yeah the backstage. Yeah, but the thing is though, like for me, Master, I love Matt again. I love Master now, but. You don't need to be doing that, man. Like the geezer yeah. come up, they're, they're just basically trying to drive up a bit of hype, and then you yeah. go and punch the geezer. Like, come on, man! Yeah. Like, yeah. you went to fight, you get paid to fight in the cage, not outside of it, and then <laughs> had to leave the country because he was going to get nicked by the old bills. It yeah. was all over the thing. They had to hide him and then get him on a flight out of the country. Like, come yeah. on, like use your fucking noggin a little bit. But <laughs> yeah, it, I remember when that video came out, there wasn't any threat from Edwards at all, and like I was thinking, like, why is he smacking him around? Like, I mean, I, I think Jorge was being interviewed, wasn't he? And then he suddenly yeah. cut it short. He went, hang on a minute. And he went, he went, walked up to him with his hands behind his back, you know, trademark Jorge thing. And then just, I couldn't actually hear. It's a bit inaudible, like what, what Leon exactly was saying. Yeah. And then smack out of nowhere. Just like. Yeah. Leon, Leon was doing a sensible thing. He was trying to build a fight against Jorge after he beat Till. And they were talking, yeah. in, the pro- they were talking in the press conference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, it was just a logical thing. And then to go and punch the geezer, that, that's the problem that I have with the whole thing of MMA now that doesn't really appeal to me. I don't mind the trash talk. But when it goes a little bit too far with yeah, these guys yeah. now, i just a bit like, oh, come on, guys. Like, yeah. really? Like, this this sport took long enough to get to where it is now. To You're going to end up Absolutely. taking it back. You're going to end up taking it back. Yeah. Connor and Khabib's press conference set us back a good 10 years. <laughs> uh, some of the antics that he was in some yeah, of the stuff true. that he was saying it pushed it way too far it wasn't funny it wasn't whimsical like it just went like just stupid man yeah Connor Connor took like it way, way too far oh which is actually coming up did I, uh, any of you just quickly before we go did any of you watch the um, that uh, that weigh in with them the, the press conference yeah yeah I, I unfortunately did <laughs> I don't know why it came up as a, uh, as a suggested video for me yeah. and I watched it and um, yeah it was funny so you had Ben Askren who just literally as as Jake Paul was trying this Conor McGregor thing just shouting and stuff it's like shut up yeah. and then uh, Ben Askren just put his hand in his face and sort of mugged them off and pushed him pushed him away and then and then Jake Paul pushes him full on force but yeah. I think with that Ben Askren either I, of you know how that fight's going to go I, I hope look <laughs> Jake Paul, I don't like the geezer because he's just a bell end and he shats his mouth off and he's just all he does want to do is just talk shit. But the geezer does train. You can't deny that. He he is he looks, training. He looks good in the, but, good in the pads. Yeah, but he's only fighting, he's only fought guys that have never had any boxing experience whatsoever. But Ben Ashwin doesn't have any boxing experience. But what Ben Ashwin does have is an ability to compete. Yeah. And I think what you're going to see from Ben Askren can be a lot of covering up, getting him against the ropes, and basically bullying him around. He's going to get him tired. That's what he's going to plan is. I think he's going to look to sort of like clinch him, wrestle yeah. him in the clinch a little bit, rough him up, and look to try and sort of outpoint him, slash maybe even stop him later on once he gets tired. Because Jake Paul throws with a lot of power. And the problem yeah. is, we all know he throws with a lot of power. 
your gas tank runs out pretty quick. Um, I've heard that Jake Paul has selected the referees. And if that is yeah. the case, then... <laughs> there ain't going to be no There'll clinch. be no clinches. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. So that might be a disadvantage to uh, Mr. Askren. But... I won't be watching it. So... Hey, hey <laughs> here's the thing, yeah. I, I still... I'm going to have to watch it, but I'll watch it probably the next no, day no, when it's up there. But, no, I still won't watch it. The, the thing I'm is, though, right... <laughs> but I don't know how you two feel about it, yet, but Ben is not representing MMA in this. I don't care how many try people try and push it. Yeah, he does not represent MMA. In MMA, he highly represented wrestling, and he stuck by that code throughout his yeah. whole career. Yeah. And now suddenly they say, "See, I'm right? in a bit of a disagreement with there, like with Ben Askren, because I personally believe Ben Askren was in the UFC five years too late. Yeah." He didn't Five years earlier, that geezer would have been a UFC welterweight champion or middleweight champion, whatever division he picked. Purely for the fact, because if you look at, say, Douglas Lima, Douglas Lima, mm-hmm. Bellator champion, yeah. arguably the top welterweight outside the UFC. Yeah. It could give a lot of people in the UFC trouble, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I, I, would, he, I would say he's definitely a top five in UFC if he was to come yeah. over. Absolutely destroyed him. He ragdolled him. He was fighting guys bigger than him in one at one championship and absolutely manhandling them. The thing is with Ben Askren, which everybody seems to have forgot, is that guy come out of the Damian Meyer fight and needed before that fight, before he even joined the UFC, needed the hip replacement. Mm. He's now had the hip replacement, can now train again. Again. I know people say I oh, doesn't represent MMA this, that, and the other because of like the way he is. Yeah, he talks shit. So does Conor McGregor. People don't like him because he's American. <laughs> I'm, 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 of, I'm of the belief that I've always liked Ben Askren purely for the fact people go, oh, he's boring, he's this, he's that. But like, look, guy knows how to win. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Just uh, to win. Take, take that knee out of the equation. Does he beat Jorge? Yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah, see, I, I had him down to win as well. I had him down to win as well. I think if, if that knee didn't happen and he got Jorge to the ground, yeah. I think maybe a round or two mm. and Ben Askren would have ben finished Ben Askren him. wins. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think he would have finished him because, again, Ben Askren isn't the best mixed martial artist in the world. Yeah. But the thing is that guy knows how to do is win. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Knows how to win. Look, he lost his last couple of fights. The guy's come out and detailedly said he needed. He's had a hip replacement ever since. Mm. People don't know how to build it. I, I don't know because I haven't had to hip, have a hip replacement. But my mother-in-law's had to have a hip replacement, and I've seen the difference between what she was like before it and what she's yeah. like now. Mm. And the the, 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 the is absolutely dramatically a dramatic change. So okay. you can understand why he had those problems. Just quickly, these two going at each other. Uh, Jorge, when he was asked about uh, Ben Askren fighting in in, uh, <laughs> in uh, boxing, and he came up with uh, the individual I buried does not represent MMA. He represents all the hardcore and casual crotch sniffers. <laughs> and, then, and then, and then uh, Ben's actually. Um, replied and put I've refrained for two years but let's be real Jorge you landed the luckiest knee of your life and I made you famous you're welcome <laughs> you got 50 40 freed by Usman and will will likely again next month <laughs> beat it loser <laughs> okay uh, I wouldn't agree that I was lucky 
<laughs> the knee because the knee was planned. It was methodical. The way he'd done it, and he expected Aspirin to shoot, and he capital uh, capitalized on that. He played. So right I wouldn't say it's lucky. Yeah, uh, yeah. The the Usman fight, yeah, he did get absolutely more uh, not mauled, but he was there for all the rounds. But yeah, Usman done his thing. But well, in my opinion, it's gonna finish him in the next one. I really yeah, do. I'm just going to get stopped here. Yeah. Yeah. When was I the last even... time we seen him get stopped? I'm going to check that. Uh, did he get stopped in the UFC or did he get... You know what? He got reverse triangled in Bellator. Yeah, Matt Masvidal. Yeah, but in Bellator, he got reverse triangled from standing. Not a lot of people know that one. That was a, that was a little secret when I was keeping it under my sleeve. <laughs> right. The thing is, is like sometimes I forget about how much, how many fights I've watched. And every now and again, something will pop in my head and I'll go, ah, it was that one. <laughs> <laughs> right, boys, that was good, man. I enjoyed that. that. Yeah, good. Thanks for coming so we on got, again. We ain't, got any, we ain't got no fights this weekend, have we? No, no fights this weekend. We've got uh, fight night next weekend, obviously, till... I, I, I don't think we covered it, but Till, as we know, is obviously out. Um, and uh, Kevin Holland is rumoured... It's, it's not been actually... He's heavily well, rumoured to, to take him, but he's not actually been confirmed yet. So I didn't want to sort of go over it just until it was confirmed. Um, I'm gutted about Till. Absolutely gutted oh, for him. Gutted mate. for him. Literally breaks my heart because I was yeah. like... He's, he's literally one fight away from fighting yeah. Antonia. That's yeah. basically it. One yeah. fight away from fighting Antonia. And it's, yeah. it's, 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 just quickly, he's a broken collarbone. I don't know if anybody sees. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he, he released a collarbone. statement, didn't he? That's going to oh. be a while. How long, so, how long are we talking? A couple of months? Oh, more longer than that. Uh, yeah. I probably reckon the, collarbones are not all faster yeah. to heal. Not only that, but what, what, what training can you do with a broken collarbone? You're fucked. For a long time, sad, that's man. a shame. Very sad. Calm. Yeah. yeah, I'm just hoping he'll be able to come back and fight again. Yeah. Oh, he'll be able to come back. The UFC yeah. will, will give him the best medical attention that they can. They'll have yeah. him somebody privately yeah. over here. It's, so. it's just whether I think he'll be himself again. You know what I mean? Like getting that yeah. back is going to be really hard. He's a scouser, man. They're hard as fuck. <laughs> the team that he trains out of Team Carbon, the people, yeah. some Top. people that do know, some people that don't, they're a hard camp, man. Them yeah. guys come back from a lot worse. So it's not something that I don't think, um, I don't think he'll be, uh, I don't think he'll be in too much trouble in yeah. the past. I think, I think he'll get through this. He'll get through it. I think, I don't think we'll see him until maybe the end of the year, maybe beginning of next year. year. Yeah. I think it'll be. I think it'll be the end of between the end of this year, beginning of the next year, we'll see him because by the time he's healed, by the time he's gone through another camp, all of that sort of stuff. I don't think. Well, hopefully, we'll see him sooner. But again, I don't see him fighting yeah. anytime soon. Yeah. Right, boys. On that note, thank you very much. Thank That's... you very much, Paul. <laughs> again, see you next time. <laughs> cool, Take care, boys. Later.